Hello and welcome to the Capitol Report on NTD Television. I'm Steve Lance. Here's a look at some of today's top stories. What are the origins of COVID-19? Why did the lab leak theory only start to surface now? These are the questions being asked on Capitol Hill today. What lawmakers and witnesses tell us about their probes. And one of those members asking questions at the hearing, Representative Debbie Lesko, should be joining us with key takeaways and what questions still remain. The deaths of U.S. citizens are now pressuring the Biden administration to crack down on Mexican cartels. How the White House reacts as Republicans call for sending troops after the drug cartels. The House subcommittee probing the origins of COVID-19 is shining a spotlight on the hypotheses that was once silenced and mocked as conspiracy theory. While lawmakers tell us getting to the bottom of the search will prove challenging, they won't cease on trying. Joining us from the Capitol, we have NTD's Melina Wisecup. So Melina, what are some of the key takeaways from the committee's first hearing today? One big takeaway from this hearing was that lawmakers from both sides of the aisle expressed a willingness to look into the possibility of a lab leak. Now, this is in light of those new details emerging. And after the FBI director publicly endorsed this as a possibility. But overall, lawmakers are still largely in the dark. The truth is we don't know the origins of COVID-19 yet for sure. We don't have a smoking gun. These have never been seen before in any other viruses of its type. Both parties were also united in expressing a discontent with the Chinese Communist Party's cover-up of the COVID origins. Congressman Ami Bera saying that if not for this, the virus would have not caused as much damage as it did. Here's Congressman Bera speaking on this point to me after this hearing. The lack of transparency, the lack of from day one, allowing the world's best scientists to get into the hot zone to understand what was going on, probably has prevented us from you know, getting control of this pandemic much faster. Now, there were moments that deviated from this topic because some lawmakers took issue with one of the witnesses, Nicholas Wade, accusing him of having racist views based on a book he wrote in 2014. Wade denied these allegations. Now, as for why the lab leak theory was suppressed for so long, some Republicans have pointed fingers at our government. I think they had a narrative. They wanted to continue with a narrative. So I think the American people deserve to know answers and why their government actually clamped down and took away the liberties and freedoms that our Constitution grants us as American citizens. Now, another witness, Dr. Metzl, repeatedly stated that he believes there was a false consensus pushed on the public from the beginning as an effort to shift perception about the pandemic after the I asked him why he thinks this false consensus was pushed on the public and his answer was along the lines that there are so many who have invested decades in building scientific collaborations. We can't buy those collaborations by just closing our eyes when there is obvious wrongdoing and a, a scientist in China is very different than a scientist in the United States. Maybe a great person, maybe when a critically important issue uh, is at stake, cannot speak openly or honestly. This is the first of many hearings, and later this week, lawmakers may inch closer to uncovering more details. A floor vote is scheduled for Friday in the House that would urge the intelligence community to declassify as much information as they can about the CCP virus. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Melina, thank you. Arizona Congresswoman Debbie Lesko sits on the committee to investigate the origins of COVID. 
She was on the Hill earlier today asking a series of questions to witnesses who came to testify, and we're happy to have the Congresswoman joining us now. Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course, Congresswoman, as a member of the committee investigating the origins of COVID, uh, you had your first hearing today, some calling it an explosive one at that. Uh, were you satisfied with the testimony you heard, and do you still feel as though uh, there are some unanswered questions? Well, yes, I was satisfied with the witness's testimony. Um, I thought some new information came out, uh, as well as existing information that we already knew that was confirmed. Um, but there's still questions, and there will be questions because China covered it up. And uh, so we'll continue to have questions. There are questions revolving uh, Dr. Fauci's involvement uh, with trying to promote just one thesis that it was original origin of COVID. Um, but we're going to get to the bottom of it. To your point, Congresswoman, uh, you mentioned Dr. Fauci. Why do you think we did see certain people and agencies within our own government uh, downplaying this lab leak theory? Well, I asked Dr. Redfield that today. He was one of the witnesses. He was the former CDC director. And for the last 40 years, he has been studying uh, viruses and he's a virologist. And so I asked him, why did Dr. Fauci believe that it was a natural origin, COVID came from natural origin, and why did he try to silence anybody who thought otherwise? And he said he, he thought that Dr. Fauci was going by what had happened in the past with SARS and MERS, and that it wouldn't um, have spread to humans. But Dr. Uh, Redfield told him he told him right from the beginning, this is different. I'm a virologist. This is different. This is going from humans to humans at a very fast pace. And SARS and MERS did not do that. In fact, to this date, it's very hard to replicate a coronavirus 19 virus in bats. So uh, another testimony that came out of this was that another doctor testified that the Chinese government has tested over 100,000 animals in China and not one single animal, uh, animal, I'm sorry, has the coronavirus virus in them, which is very unusual. So a lot of very strange things are happening. Dr. Redfield, again, the former CDC director, believes that the virus COVID-19 came from the Wuhan lab he also believes that gain-of-function research was happening at the Wuhan lab. He also believes that the U.S. government was funding part of that research. Congresswoman, do you think this raises deeper concerns and questions potentially about the level of influence that the CCP has uh, in American society? I definitely do believe that the Chinese government tried to cover this up. I am very concerned that U.S. tax dollars were used for what I believe is gain-of-function research. Now, in a previous um, hearing, I asked the acting NIH director, National Institute of Health director, which gave out the grant to EcoHealth Alliance, which gave out a subgrant to the Wuhan lab to do virus studies. I asked him if U.S. tax dollars were being used to study coronavirus. He denied it. He said, no, absolutely not. It was totally different. And then I followed up with him and I said, how would you know that? 
because the Chinese deleted the virus sequences in September of 2019. You didn't get the reports on the grants that you were supposed to get. How would you know that it, they weren't doing coronavirus research? There's no way that he could tell that they weren't doing gain-of-function research on coronavirus at the Wuhan lab. And so there's a lot of inconsistencies here, you know, people saying different things. And uh, that's why this committee is so important that we are uh, getting the emails that we're going to and from Dr. Fauci. And we're going to keep investigating this because it's important. I mean, uh, 7 million people in the world died. That's at a minimum. One of the witnesses today, who's a Democrat, by the way, said they believe it was 20 million uh, people in the world died from COVID-19. And in addition, it's important when we determine our policies, if we want to continue to fund gain-of-function research. Dr. Redfield thinks we should have a moratorium on it. We should have a discussion about, do we really want to fund this risky research on viruses that may leak from the lab? And he believes that that risky research, gain-of-function research, was done at the Wuhan lab. It was partially funded by the United States, and it was accidentally leaked. Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. The Biden administration is facing pressure to crack down on drug cartels amid the kidnappings and killings of U.S. citizens. This as Republicans call for getting tougher on the southern border. NTD's Iris Tao has more from the White House. The kidnapping in Mexico last week, which left two U.S. citizens dead, is renewing calls for the Biden administration to strengthen border security and crack down on drug cartels. And Republican Senator Lindsey Graham on Wednesday called for using U.S. troops in Mexico to go after the drug cartels. We're going to unleash the fury and might of the United States against these cartels. And he urges the administration to designate at least nine Mexican cartels as foreign terrorist organizations, or FTOs. It means that all the precursors coming for China, Chinese chemical companies and Chinese enterprises, would be subject to being prosecuted under U.S. law for providing material support to foreign terrorist organizations, something you can't do today. But the White House on Wednesday would not voice support for that idea, saying there had been sanctions already in place. Designating these cartels as FTOs would not grant us any additional uh, authorities that we don't really have at this time. So the United States has powerful sanctions authorities specifically des designated to combat narcotics trafficking organizations. And when it comes to using troops in Mexico. I'm just not going to get into uh, the military and how it's being used. The White House says the U.S. is working with the Mexican government to pursue those involved in the latest attack. But Republicans say Mexico has long been a safe haven for drug cartels, adding that if it does not cooperate, the U.S. should take stronger measures to protect national security. Reporting from the White House, Bruce Tao, NTD News. The D.C. crime bill. Numerous lawmakers have shifted their stance on whether to support it. Today, the Senate voting on a resolution to block the bill. U.S. auto safety regulators are probing electric car giant Tesla. Several customers have reported a major car part coming off while driving. We'll tell you what has happened. And today marks the 40th anniversary of Ronald Reagan's iconic Evil Empire speech. Find out why some find the speech still relevant today.
Welcome back to NTD's Capital Report. I'm Steve Lance. Various Democrats have shifted their stance on the D.C. crime bill. Today, the Senate voted on a resolution to block the controversial bill. The Senate on Wednesday passed a resolution to agree with the House and block the D.C. crime bill. The resolution is now heading to President Biden's desk. In early February, the White House issued a statement indicating that Biden would veto the decision. The statement said the resolution is an example of how the District of Columbia continues to be denied true self-governance and why it deserves statehood. However, on a visit to a Democratic caucus luncheon last week, the president reportedly said, if you pass it, I will sign it. On Wednesday before the vote, some Democrats voiced their frustration with the resolution, saying the federal government shouldn't interfere in local decisions. The government can do so in this case because D.C. is not a state. However, this would mark the first time in 30 years that federal lawmakers use that power. The crime bill implemented by the D.C. City Council would have lessened penalties for violent crime. This comes as the Washington Metropolitan Police Department reports a 33 percent increase in homicides compared to last year, a 120 percent uptick in sexual abuse and a 108 percent increase in motor vehicle theft. Before the vote, Senator James Langford criticized the D.C. City Council for trying to implement the law at this time. In the middle of rampant increase in crime in Washington, D.C., the D.C. City Council's response to this in an overwhelming vote was to reduce penalties for felonies. Senator Bill Haggerty is the lead sponsor of the resolution's Senate version. On Wednesday, he said this will be one of the only opportunities during this Congress for this body to send a broad message on violent crime, a message that may impact the safety and security of Americans throughout our nation. Reporting by Arian Pastar, NTD News. And automaker Ford is investing $3.5 billion in an electric vehicle battery factory in Michigan. This is after Virginia Governor Glenn Duncan rejected the investment in his state over Chinese involvement. Joining us next to discuss, we're happy to have Virginia House Delegate Emily Brewer. Emily Brewer, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here with you today. Emily, China and the CCP's uh, influence, it's been permeating every level of our society. And uh, now we're starting to see certain battles play out, even on the state level. Virginia governor, your governor, Glenn Youngkin, has turned away a serious Chinese investment in your state. Uh, tell us about this. So, you know, um, people said that this is going to be Ford, but it was Ford actually with a partnership of a company that had direct ties, obviously, to the Chinese Communist Party. Um, it would have been for an electric vehicle battery plant in Southside, Virginia. But it just wasn't, frankly, a good deal. You know, when we start to do partnerships, they're directly tied to the Chinese Communist Party. That's exactly the type of business that we don't want in the Commonwealth. Um, bottom line, um, this year I carried a bill to ban TikTok on government devices to make sure we're protecting ourselves from the CCP and Chinese interests, um, because we've seen over the past couple months, it's become more and more the forefront that the CCP wants to see how American uh, ingenuity is done from the inside out. Um, they want to, you know, basically infiltrate uh, our 
agricultural land, our government devices, and truly learn, um, you know, so much more about uh, security uh, the United States has. And we just can't allow that. And, you know, having partnerships like this are not a step in the right direction. And it's not going to be um, about jobs. It's going to be about control. You know, it's not necessarily easy to turn away foreign investment, um, which is kind of one of the uh, reasons why the CCP has been able to uh, take advantage of so many different areas of our um, society. You mentioned agriculture as, uh, being one of them. Why do you think um, Governor Youngkin turned this away, and how are the people of Virginia reacting? Well, so I've talked to many people about this, and, and we want made in Virginia to actually mean that. We want to be made in Virginia, not made in Virginia through a, a front of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, we want jobs that are going to be quality, that are going to be with honest brokers who have the best, I, I guess, uh, outward look for all of Virginians. And also, we want made in Virginia to mean made in America. And the, the ties that were going to be uh, involved, the strings that were tied to this plant, fell woefully short of that. And how do you think this situation sort of fits into the broader context of U.S.-China relations? And uh, would you encourage, you know, other, other states and other folks that are in similar situations to think twice before doing business with China? I, I absolutely would. And you know what? The United States and China are in an epic battle uh, for uh, trying to be an economic superpower. Um, China sees us as a threat in every sense of the way, but we see them as the same as well. Their ideology uh, does not jive with our Western values and our sense of freedom and understanding. Um, we've seen over the past several years truly just how controlling they are of their people and how much oppression happens you know, because of the CCP. Um, it, it's a bad investment to partner right now with the CCP and the Chinese government. And, and sadly, they're one in the same. And so I would say uh, I encourage folks who want to do business in Virginia. Uh, I encourage folks that want to partner in uh, with our Commonwealth. Um, but this deal fell woefully short. And uh, we just can't accept uh, foreign investment from the CCP and their entities. Emily Brewer, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be with you. Tesla, the electric car maker, is under investigation. Federal auto safety regulators receive complaints that steering wheels are falling off. Tesla's 2023 SUV model was reportedly delivered to several customers with a missing bolt in the steering column. So while driving, enough force can cause the steering wheel to pop off. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is now examining the electric SUV. The agency's report said that there were two such incidents, but didn't mention any resulting accidents. The agency has to finish the probe before ordering a recall, and about 120,000 vehicles in the U.S. may be affected. As the world still fends off the plague of communism and all of the elements associated with it, a historic speech celebrated today in D.C. It was 40 years ago that President Ronald Reagan boldly pronounced the Soviet Union to be an evil empire. In the speech, he said, I'll urge you to beware the temptation of pride, the temptation of blithely declaring yourselves above it all and label both sides equally at fault to ignore the facts of history and the aggressive impulses of an evil empire. This was in 1983 in Orlando, Florida. The speech garnered backlash from critics fearing a war. Others praised Reagan's outright approach, saying he brought the truth to light.
And that is all we have for you this evening on the Capitol Report. Thank you for tuning in from Washington, D.C. I'm Steve Lance. Have a nice evening and we'll see you back here tomorrow.